Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. I am so excited and expectant for what God's about to do in the house this morning and what he's going to do over the summer. We really, really have... A vision in our hearts to see God move in a mighty, mighty way in our church and in our city the rest of this year and in the upcoming year. And we just felt so strongly that the Holy Spirit wanted to, let's just say, refocus and refresh us during the summer months, the next, you know, say five to six weeks. Because I believe in the fall, we're going to see an explosion of the kingdom of God in our city. Amen. And so this morning, I want to get this, uh, well, almost afternoon, we're going to get started uh, with our summer theme called Heart for the House. Tell your neighbor, say, Heart for the House. Come on, tell them, you got to have the heart for the house. And again, this is, I believe, going to be a time of refreshing and refocusing on who we are. Sometimes it's easy to just get going and doing a bunch of stuff, right, and get busy with church and with family and and all the stuff that even church, family, and ministry uh, requires, and sometimes we just kind of lose ourselves. Maybe we lose focus a little bit, and I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, come on, let let me remind you who you are so you can keep being who you are, so you can do what I've called you to do. Amen? We're going to be reminded who we are. In case you haven't noticed... Here at Encounter Church, we have a vision. (laughs) In case you haven't picked up on it, everything we are and everything we do has this aim. And that is helping people encounter God. Come on, let's say it again. Helping people encounter God. Come on, say, this is the heart of the house. house. Now turn to your neighbor and say, helping We got the vision already. All right. Amen. We can go home. Not really. It's real early. All right. Helping people encounter God. If you had not noticed, that's who we are. That is our vision. If you ask, what do you see in Encounter Church? What I see is a group of people that helps people encounter God. I see a church family that creates an atmosphere where encounters with God can take place. I see a group of people that live in their families and in their neighborhoods and in their cities. And yes, even in the nations with the aim of helping everybody encounter God, right? Every one of our ministries has the same vision. Encounter kids is helping kids encounter God. Even hospitality, come on. Even Matt this morning out there shaking the sign and dancing in the parking lot. Come on, somebody. Through the smile and the, and, the, and the feeling of hospitality, we are helping people encounter God. Everything we do must help people encounter God. If not, we're off. If what we're doing as a church isn't helping somebody have an encounter with Jesus, we need to get refreshed and refocused, all right? Now, and when we say that we do this in three ways, right? So if helping people encounter God is our vision Then our mission is three words. Everybody take a look at the back wall. I know you know it already, but there it is right there. Every time you walk in, you see reach, disciple, and revive. To help people encounter God, we reach, disciple, and revive. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, reach. 
which is where we're going to focus our attention today. Reaching all people and bringing them into a relationship with Jesus. Reaching all types of people. Take a look around. I love Encounter Church how diverse and wonderful family we are. All types of people. Encounter Church, we're not about reaching one type of people. We're not about just reaching one neighborhood. We want to reach our city and we want to reach the nations. We want to reach all types of people, both near and far. And we're going to get there in here in just a bit. Disciple, very simply, make disciples of Jesus. Not make disciples of ourselves, but truly teach people to be real, true disciples, followers of Jesus and revive. I believe we are called to host the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We say the word revival a lot around here. And when we say the word revival, we don't mean just a bunch of extra special meetings that go really long and, you know, where there's just, I don't know, a guest speaker. That's not what we mean. When we say revive, revival, we mean we want to be a people that host his presence, that host the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's who we are. And today, Heart for the House, part one, there's two reasons I named Part one, or the first message in this series, what I named it. There's two reasons I named it what I named it, all right? The first reason is because I'd like to honor the ministry, the church where we, Liz and I and the team, were sent out of in the year 2014. We moved here to the Atlanta area to plant Encounter Church. They are truly an example of what I'm going to talk about today. And it actually happens to be the name of the church, okay? And then the second reason is because I believe God truly wants to grip our hearts with his heart. So for those two reasons, part one of Heart for the House is called Heart for the World. Everybody say Heart for the World. Now, as we get started with Heart for the World, um, I need to do something that we've never had to do before, but... um, we're going to see a video here in just a minute that, that our awesome vid, uh, video team put together. Um, and because of the sensitive nature of what we're going to watch and hear, because it has to do with missionaries in pretty precarious situations, we can't show it online. So Facebook Live, we're going to pause for nine minutes, okay? Don't worry, we are coming back. But we're going to get our lights down, and I want to ask you, because a lot of this is in another language, okay, I want to ask you to pay close attention to the subtitles as we watch this video. Everybody say, Heart for the World. world. Encounter Church, you are part of making this happen. You are part of reaching a nation that has been greatly unreached for so long but now the kingdom of God is coming and the church is growing and multiplying and every one of your prayers and every one of you that have given towards this and every one of you that go on these trips you're a part of reaching Cuba everybody say reach Reach. now I I want to say um, I I guess we're back online I think we're back online Um, if uh, we couldn't show that video online, but if anybody would like to see the video that we just showed, just contact us and we can send you a private link. The only way to see that is through a private link. Everybody say giving, giving. Going, going, and praying. You're all part of it, right? All right. You ready for the message today? Are you inspired and ready to receive the word of God today? Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said, 
It says, and then he told them, as in Jesus told his disciples, he said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Somebody say everyone. Everyone, the whole world. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. You know, I always say this, but it's like Jesus is pulling out his badge, right? He, b- before he says what he's about to say, he's like, hey, remember who's talking to you here. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't just a nice thought. I have all authority in the whole universe. Listen to what I'm about to say. Come on, somebody. He says, with all authority, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Second Peter 3, verse 9. Are you guys all right? If you want to follow along in your bulletin, it'll help you. But 2 Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Does anybody know the promise he's talking about in 2 Peter 3, 9? The second coming, right? That Jesus is going to come back and harvest the earth, right? That Jesus is going to come back for those that love him and follow him and take us into eternal glory with him forever and ever, eternal life, right? But for those that don't know him, it's another story. And he's not being slow about his promise to come again. As some people think, no, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. And I'm sorry if you have an issue with some, maybe some Calvinistic type thinking, but he doesn't want anyone. God loves every soul. God loves every human being. He made us all for him. He made everyone to be in a relationship with him. And he hasn't returned yet because he's being patient because he wants everyone to have the chance to repent. Come on, that's God's heart for the world. Everybody say heart for the world. world. His heart is for everyone to be saved. John chapter 10 verses 14 through 16. I am, this is Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know my father. So I sacrificed my life for the sheep. I love the next phrase. He says, I have other sheep too. That are not in this sheepfold. And we know he's talking about the Gentiles. But listen. The Jews were the people of God. And he was talking about the rest of the world. But I want you to take a look around this morning at this sheepfold. There's about 150 people max in Encounter Church. In a city of 6 million people. And in a planet of how many are we now? Close to 7 billion souls on the planet. Now I want you to take that into account when we read. I have other sheep too that aren't in here just yet. They're not in this sheepfold. And then I want us to read the next phrase together. I must bring them. Come on, let's read it again. I must bring them. One more time. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. You guys, this is Jesus' heart for the world. And it's got to be our heart. 
Come on, let's say, I must bring them. This has got to be our perspective. This has got to be our attitude. We can't just go on with everybody around us being lost and just let it happen on our watch. We must bring them. I don't know if you know, not, I don't know if you've noticed, but they don't just come. They must be brought into the kingdom. Come on, look at somebody in the eye and say, you must bring them. Woo, it got a little uncomfortable. Let's make it even a little more. Look at somebody else and say, you must bring them. Our heart, our heart for the world is twofold. Everybody say twofold. And I'll break that down here in just a minute. But Acts 2, 38 and 39, Peter replied, each of you, each of you, come on somebody, you can't get saved for somebody else and somebody else can't save you. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Come on. What I see here is generations and nations. Come on, say generations and nations. The promise of the gospel, the good news is that the gift of salvation is for me, for my children, for my family, and for all of those who are far off. Families, generations, and nations. Acts 17.30, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere. Another translation says near and far. Everyone everywhere, near and far, to repent of their sins and turn to him. Ephesians 2, 17 and 18, he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far from him, far away from him, and peace to you Jews who were near. Everybody say far and near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. There's not one soul on the planet that God is not in love with. There's not one soul who lives in your house, who sleeps in your bed with you or in the bedroom next to you or lives in the next house next to you or to the farthest corner of Afghanistan. There's not one soul on the planet that he doesn't love. There's not one soul on the planet that he didn't give his life for to save. For those far and near, Acts 1.8, but you, come on, somebody say you. you. Come on, say that's me. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my what? Witnesses. Telling people about me where? Uh-oh, somebody, come on. Everywhere in Jerusalem, that was their city, throughout Judea, that was their region, Samaria. I'm sorry, that was kind of like the province. The Samaria was kind of like the region. And then where else? Okay, that covers it all. <laughs> to the ends of the earth. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. The Bible says that before Jesus Christ returns, every people group, every ethnic group on the planet must have a gospel witness. They've all got to hear before he will come back. 
So again, I say our heart for the world is twofold, and let's break it down. Number one, those who are far. Those who are far. And I'm not going to take a lot of time on this, because from the video that we just watched, I think you picked up that our heart for this house and God's heart for this world is to reach people who are far away. Is to reach people who, in other, who are in other nations. In fact, you know, we just read, if we could go back to Acts uh, chapter 1 verse 8, it says, You'll be my witnesses uh, uh, telling people about me everywhere. The final phrase says, To the ends of the earth. One of the reasons. People ask us all the time, Why did you come to Atlanta the, the Atlanta area to plant a church. We considered many other places when we were going to plant a church. But there were a lot of reasons. Okay, no, let me just rephrase that. There were a couple of reasons. But one of the main reasons was Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. Because from this city, you can go anywhere to the ends of the earth and sometimes just on one flight. I mean, come on, somebody. You can fly from Atlanta to Korea. Without, without having a, a connection. Atlanta is like the perfect city to be a missionary kind of church. That's one of the reasons we chose this region. But I want you to look at what Psalm 2 verse 8 says. Only ask. I love that it says only ask. It's like God's just waiting for somebody to just ask. Right? Only ask. And I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Now, he's specifically speaking to Jesus. And that, and, and that prophetically is speaking to the body of Jesus Christ in the earth. Okay? Only ask and I'll give you. Come on, tell somebody, you. I'm sorry if I'm a little extra excited today, but this is just who we are. I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. The whole earth as your possession. It's not okay on our watch for billions of souls to be lost in eternity in hell when we can ask for the nations as our inheritance and then go and possess them. All nations for Jesus' inheritance. We co-labor with the Holy Spirit to possess Jesus' inheritance. We are. I'm going to try to keep going. Because I could just go there the rest of the day. But we are a missionary sending church planting church. That's what we are. And you've most likely picked up on that at Encounter Church if you've been here even two or three times. Okay? We are a missionary sending church planting church church we embrace and insist on jesus heart for the world his heart for the nations and as we read in several scriptures that everyone everywhere must hear the good news not should they must everyone everywhere he will return when every people group from every tribe, nation, language on the planet, when everyone has had a real gospel witness, when every single people group has had the chance to hear and see the demonstration of the gospel, he will come back and not until then. So forget all of this nonsense about Jesus is about to come back. Unless tonight 
the ends of the earth are reached, he ain't coming. I'm sorry if you thought because we had 17 blood moons last year, he was coming back. And I'm not, I'm not downing prophetic signs. and one, I'm, I believe all that, the signs in the heavens. Jesus talked about it. But listen, there is one condition for him to return. And it hasn't been met yet. There are still many people groups. But let me, let me just encourage you. This is decreasing like exponentially right now. There is a missionary church planting evangelism movement going on all over the earth. People are coming to Christ in the most darkest, remote places. But there's still more. There's still more people that haven't heard. And we've got to go get them. Amen? He'll return when there's a gospel witness. And we are a part of that by praying, giving, and going. Let's say it one more time. Praying, giving, and going. A heart for the world is first straight from the scriptures for those who are far those who are far but what about number two those who are near because Jesus told his disciples they would get the power of the Holy Ghost and then they would be witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria are y'all with me I want you to really be with me on this one the first Nation we must possess is our own. Now, I'm not saying we can't go anywhere else until we got this one, because if that were the case, that, that, that's not what I'm saying. It's, it's at the same time. As we go into the nations, we're first reaching people right here. We have a city full of lost, broken people. And I believe everyone in this county, in the surrounding counties, and in this big old city full of every... Look, there's like every nation in the metro Atlanta area, right? I mean, we reach a lot of nations just right here. We have... I wish I don't have time. I wish we could count how many nations are in our church. And we're just getting started, y'all. We've got to reach our city. Getting pretty quiet. Because it sounds real easy when it's a mission trip. All you got to do is raise some money for and get out of here and go do something and come back and do your own city and act like there ain't nothing going on. I know. I've been there. I've done that. I've been doing this for over 20 years. But the first nation on our list that we must be possessing for his inheritance is our own nation. It's our own city. It's our own neighborhood. Come on, it's our own family. Our heart for this house, and I want you to listen with your heart on this because I, I felt to prophesy this over you today. Is that all right? Our heart for this house is local outreach and soul winning. Winning souls in our own city. Some of you don't like the term soul winning, and I'll help you with that here in just a minute because a part of me don't like it either. But our heart for this house is local outreach and soul winning. And I, as, I, as I prepared this, I just felt literally to say this, to declare it, to prophesy it over you. I see a soul winning movement on the horizon. I see an army of soul winners in this house. There are ideas 
and ministries that are just getting started and there are many more waiting to be birthed that are going to reach our city. I'm glad that four people are happy about reaching our city. Every one of you has the potential to win souls. Every one of us can receive divine ideas about how to reach our city. It's not about, listen, what happens in here on Sunday morning? This ain't the ministry. This is a little part of the ministry. But what happens here on Sunday mornings is preparing you for the ministry. The ministry's out there. Church is about training us to reach the unchurched. And I believe... I believe maybe even today there may be somebody in the house. You don't know Jesus. You're going to get to know him today right here and there. But a lot of times people don't come to Jesus get in a church chair. Almost said pew. We don't have those anymore. <laughs> Most people don't receive Jesus sitting in a church. Most people are introduced to Jesus out there because somebody that looks like Jesus and acts like Jesus and talks like Jesus Let's them know about Jesus. I am originally an evangelist, by the way. So sorry if this isn't a normal Sunday church. But this is who we are. This is who we are. We are a soul winning movement. And you are a soul winner. Come on, tell somebody. You are a soul winner. I didn't say you are a preacher because not everybody's called to be a preacher. Not everybody's called to stand up and do this. But you can, come on, you can preach to somebody. You can share your story with somebody, what Jesus has done in your life. Soul winning is for everybody. Soul winning is for everyone. You mean even for, I look around the room and I see some like, and I see some others like, let me tell you, soul winning is for the, and soul winning is for the, if you are a believer, if you have been saved, if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, if you've been redeemed out of sin and darkness, you can go and redeem other people out of sin and darkness. You don't have to be a loud mouth like me. In fact, I know some soul winners that are quiet, chill. If you met them, you wouldn't necessarily know that they're good at that. But soul winning is for everyone. Lord, I could keep going, but I got four minutes to finish this. Help me, Jesus. All right. Proverbs 1130 says something very interesting. This, I, I, I got the New King James Version of this one for you. It says... The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. A lot of times we think a fruit is something we eat, and it is. But this is talking about a fruit tree. Like as in a tree that produces fruit. And it says the fruit of the righteous of a righteous person is a tree of what? Life. Those that have the life of God produce more of the life of God. And he who wins souls is what? Wise. Wise. Other versions say he who wins friends. Jesus talked about that kind of friend. 
that would receive us in heaven. Come on, people that are there because of us. Did you know you can make an eternal difference in somebody's life? Just like an eternal difference was made in your life because somebody decided to tell you. I'm so glad somebody decided to tell me when I was a kid. And I am so glad that even when I got kind of off as an adolescent, early teenager, that somebody had the boldness to tell me like it was and I got radically saved. Let's get the proper perspective real quick. Everyone has a soul. Are you okay? I'm almost done. Everyone has a soul. It's the real you. It's the real them. What you see on the outside, this is going to be gone. In 60, 80, or 100 years, it's going to be gone. The real you is what's on the inside. It's your soul. It's your spirit. And everybody has one. And every soul will spend eternity somewhere. It's not, well, we went to heaven and let's not even think about everybody else. Every soul, and some of you need to hear this because you need to get your soul in the right place. But every soul will undoubtedly spend eternity either in heaven or hell. Will. It's, it's doubtless. Everybody has a soul, and in case you didn't know, you have one, but everybody else around you has one. A lot of times I get, well, you know, as Christians, I got my soul saved, and I just kind of forget that everybody else has a soul that's important. I got my ticket to heaven, and I, you know, as long as I get there, it's all, no, 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 no. It's not okay for me to get there and a bunch of other people not to. Everybody has a soul, and that soul's going to be somewhere forever. Soul winning. Listen, this is where I want to say I don't necessarily always like the term soul winning, but I'm going to explain it. Because I've seen Christians that call soul winning. I mean, like, imagine if you're not a Christian and somebody's like, I'm going to win your soul. It's like, it's almost like a notch in my belt. Like, I won a soul. It's like a game or something. Y'all, this is not a game. (laughs) And this is not about points. And winning a soul, winning a soul is not a notch in your belt. It doesn't make you extra special. It just makes you wise. It just makes you have, it means that you understand reality. That you understand eternity. That everybody has a soul and they're all going somewhere. And a wise person knows that and does something about it. Soul winning is not a notch in my belt and it's not points. This is soul winning. Are you ready? You want the definition of soul winning? There is a battle raging for everybody's soul. Every every soul's eternal destiny. To win a soul is to fight that battle and to win it. To to, To win a soul is to win the battle for a soul. There are forces of good and evil, light and darkness, God and Satan all the time. Some of you, some of you even in here this morning, your soul is being won over by the darkness. Get out today. Come to Jesus. Come to the light. If you used to be in the light and now you're creeping towards the darkness, get out of there and get back into the light. I wasn't planning on saying that, but I know that's for somebody. But to win a soul 
is to understand, to be a soul winner is to understand that there is a battle for every soul. And I'm going to fight that battle. And we're not going to talk about all the ways you fight because that's in a future message. But we're going to fight that battle and do whatever it takes to win and to steal people away from the kingdom of darkness. Amen. That's what it means to be a soul winner. I'm going to fight and I'm going to win people's souls from hell into heaven. Now, there is nothing more valuable than souls. Nothing. Sometimes church doesn't look like that. A lot of times in the modern church, there's a lot of other really important things. Our building, our program, our order of service, whatever. There's a lot of important things in church, but if souls aren't the, for, in the, for, the forefront, if souls aren't the most important thing, if it's not the thing we value the most, then our values are off because it is the thing that Jesus values the most. Jesus did not come and die on the cross to create a great worship team or have a nice air-conditioned building. Thank God for our great worship team and our great building and, and, and for our awesome kids' ministry and for all the programs. But listen, Jesus died for your soul. And Jesus died for the lost souls in our city. It's got to be our greatest value. Souls are the prize Jesus died to win. And it's got to be our highest values, value too. I want to ask if my lovely wife Liz would come up. She's just going to share something very quickly with you. She just, come on, I want you to turn to somebody and say, people aren't just numbers. Liz recently had an experience to do with this, and God really spoke to her, and she's going to share with you really quick about that. Um, I'm going to try to be quick, but as many of you know, you know we've been walking with my mom's um, disease, like fighting against a rare type of cancer, and like we've been to so many doctors that I never thought we were ever going to be, and um, through this process, thank you, church, for always praying for our family. Continue to pray because the best way I can explain this is we are pregnant with a miracle. Like, we're going to give birth to it. I don't know when. It'll be nice if God will give me details, but it's okay. We are going to keep walking and trusting God. But we'll see a miracle. But anyways, I'm with this doctor in this meeting, and it's this important meeting. And this doctor is just telling us, you know, how doctors, if you uh, or, or have had a loved one going through um, hard sickness, you probably understand, and I probably relate to you now. But you know how, like, they tell you things very, very abruptly. Like, you know, well, if you want to live very insensitive, very, in a very insensitive way, if you want to live so-and-so, well, this is what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there, and, like, I guess, like, in just trying to process the information, but I was just getting, like, looking at the doctor saying those things, thinking inside, like, does he even care? You know, does he even care for the patients? Does he even care? You know, those people have the knowledge. They have the knowledge and, and, the, and they, have, they can, like, bring healing. Does that make sense? Do, but do they even care? So I left, like, and just trying to process all this information. And during the whole week, I, had, I was arguing with God. I, I, had a, I was, like, having a situation with God. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes it takes me time because 
you know, trying to process all this. And I'm like, God, like, you know, like, I'm just trying to understand. And I don't know, but I, when I feel like I don't understand what God is doing, I take time to, to talk to him and have an argument. You know, and it, there's no problem with saying, hey, I don't get this. Like, what's going on here? And I guess my argument with God was like, why are you letting my family be a number in the medical system? Like, why? Like, why? Like, are you getting, like, are we going through this? Why? Why are we just a number? Like, do you even care? Like, who cares? You know, like, do you even care enough because we are, like, doing this? And in this argument, you know, God is like God, you know. <laughs> so he's, like, another level. But I'm sitting there, and I'm just really devastated and being kind of mad about this with God and arguing in my soul. Sometimes I don't talk a lot, but my mind and my, my soul talks a lot. So um, God, like, answered me very kindly, and he said, Liz, our soul's just a number to you. And I mean, I don't even know, like, it's not that my whole answer was, my question was answered, but it was answering another level. And I understood, you know, that sometimes we go around looking at people like numbers. You know, that we have the answer. We can take them to the doctors of doctors that is Jesus. That can really heal their soul, that can really heal their heart, and you know, can really heal their soul. From death to life. You know, and I feel like just my life, just understanding that changed my perspective. That people around me are not just numbers. And I want to speak to leaders here. To people that want to do things for God and have a great ministry or whatever. Are people just numbers to you? Or are there souls that are going through a battle? Like why do we want a ministry why do we want a position, a missionary ministry, if we don't value souls in the first place? Yes. Is it that what we are doing, is it for us? Or is it for the souls that are valuable, that value the blood of Jesus? Yes. You know, and if you're wondering, what's my ministry? Well, open the door outside your house. You have a wide open ministry. It's about souls. And if you are here, I want to tell you, you are not a number for God. Yes. Your family is not a number. Your situation, he is aware of what you go through. And I felt like after all my argument and after he asked me this question and after I repented, you know, I feel like God told me, look at me in the eye and say, you are not a number. Your mom is not a number. You are in my heart. Yes. And let me tell you, you are not a number. You're not just a mass of people that God is like, oh, welcome to church. Okay, bye. No, he cares. He cares about your soul. But until you have a revelation of how much he cares about you as a person, until you have filled God Almighty look at you in the eye and tell you how much you're valuable and what you're worth, you're not going to be able to value people and value every single soul. So we must encounter God. We must encounter God. That's what the enemy does not want you to encounter God because at the end it's not about me or you. It's about Jesus. It's about heaven. It's about eternity, about the kingdom of God. So today do not leave church until he looks at you in the eye and tell you your value. Because until you know how much you are valued, you're going to be able to be a soul winner. You're going to be able to fight for a soul and look at them in the eye and say, you are loved. You are valuable. I know you're going through divorce. I know you're going through heartbreak. I know you're bound, but you are valuable. You are not a number. I am not a number. And that's what we need to communicate. This is not a business plan. This is about the kingdom. This is about 
darkness. This is about bringing, you know, bringing us out of darkness into light. There's nothing more valuable than souls. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And here's the kicker. (laughs) How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? 90% of the time, people will not come to church and hear the gospel. That might happen 10%. And by all means, bring people to church to hear the gospel. But 90% of the time, people hear the message of the good news because somebody has a heart for the world somebody is wise and understanding enough to know that everybody has a soul and that everyone everywhere must hear the good news and is wise enough to share it how will they believe if nobody tells them and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent that's what the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news soul winning is precious and beautiful in the sight of God I believe God looks at soul winners as extra beautiful it's the most beautiful thing you could do with your life is win other people to Jesus come on if you would just stand to your feet we can all win souls you don't need to be a preacher because you have a testimony did you hear me I want to ask just for the next two or three minutes if we could as most as much as possible not be distracted because the Holy Spirit wants to really do a work in our heart you can win souls I can win souls we can all win souls not because we can all be preachers but because we can all share our testimony because we can all tell somebody else about what Jesus has done in our life Soul winning starts by simply telling your story to somebody else. Soul winning is also a team effort. Why in the world do you think we have e-groups and outreaches and all manner of things to reach people? Because I can be an individual soul winner, but when we team up, it's even better. And I just want to look at you in the eye today and say this is our heart for the house it's a heart for the world yes for those who are far off in other nations we're going to go to them but at the same time and i'd almost say first we're going right here in our city to win souls to jesus they've got to hear the message we're going to have more about this in the upcoming weeks if everybody would just quickly bow your heads and close your eyes Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.